Make It Right, the manufacturing podcast. Within crisis are the seeds of opportunity. That's a great quote, and it's a great truth. And believe it or not, it comes from Marilyn Monroe. So what are you doing in this current COVID-19 situation to find those seeds of opportunity that you can use to nurture your customers and your business? Welcome to the Make It Right podcast. I'm Janet Eastman, and this week, my guest is branding expert Jeremy Miller of Sticky Branding. He's here to talk about crisis marketing, how to do it right, so you're being helpful in giving people what they truly need to build and move forward in this time of COVID-19. So Jeremy, I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about this crisis marketing, and nice to meet you over the airwaves. Likewise. Thanks for inviting me today, and what a, a timely moment that we're all going through. It's this after-coronavirus world has changed everything. I know. It, it, is a, it is kind of a brave new world. And I love talking about marketing, especially in a situation like this, because there's a lot of marketing going on right now. So how do you do marketing right so you don't look like you're taking advantage of people in a time of weakness or in a time of fear? Well, I think the first thing to recognize is we are actually in a time of fear. If you were to look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that triangle, uh, it's like we've been smushed all the way down the triangle into a state of fear where we're afraid for our homes, we're afraid for our jobs, we're afraid for our health. And marketing tactics that might have worked uh, beforehand where you would create a little bit of anxiety or fear or you, that fear of missing out, those types of things actually don't work very well right now because we're already in a state of fear. So the, the, the simplest answer to the question though is be helpful. That this is a shared experience. Every person in every company from around the world is going through the exact same thing at the exact same time. And we all have a lot of needs that have been triggered by the, uh, the coronavirus and the lockdowns and everything that we're experiencing. So how can your business be of service? How can you help other companies or other people who are in need? And if you're truly helpful, you will never be perceived as opportunistic or icky. Mm -hmm. So how do you define or figure out what is going to be helpful for a prospect or a client? What's going to be different for everybody, and, and this is what I think is so interesting uh, of the situation that we're in right now. So I like to ask people three questions when they're approaching their marketing. The first one is, who needs your company and its expertise the most right now? And this is really being creative. Where can you be of service? And then when you identify a need, then the next question is, what products or services can you deliver to help them solve that problem? And this is key because in a crisis, you need to sell. You need to generate cash in order for you to survive the crisis. And then finally, the third question is, how can you proactively sell and deliver your services to the people who are most in need? So it's all about being creative and generous, looking out at the world around you, looking at your customers, looking at potential customers and asking, how can you be of service? Where do they need, uh, where are they having problems that you might able, be able to assist on? And some might be very technical type of things, like maybe uh, people need personal protective equipment and, and the logistics is a problem that you have the ability to help with shipping, just like Amazon has done in Canada to support the government of Canada to get PPE out to the hospitals. 
but it can be much simpler than that. If you're a comedian, for example, just bringing laughter and joy to people who just need a break from it all could just be one of the best gifts that you could ever give. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, um, you know, you're a company, you've got a product, you've got a way of selling it, you've got a way of looking at it. And, you know, in this particular moment, you're like, you're trying to sell that same thing in the same way, but sometimes you have to totally rethink your business. Like there's, you know, vodka businesses up here who've shifted from making vodka to making, um, you know, hand sanitizer to be helpful and to keep their business going. I guess it's different for every business, but you really have to look at what you do and you may have to significantly modify your offering in order to hit that helpful spot. Right? Exactly. And, 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 and the reality is pretty much every value proposition has been forced to change in the last several weeks that I really think there is a dividing line, which is uh, BCAC before coronavirus, after <laughs> coronavirus and, and after coronavirus, you do have to be sensitive to the times, both in not only how you market and sell your products and services, but also how they're used, where they fit, all of that. It, it, so it, the, the companies that are truly tone deaf are the ones that are still trying to hold on to what was life BC, and it, it is no longer life BC. Mm -hmm. Can you, I, I know we're really early into this, but you've mm -hmm. been through crises before. So can you share some stories where you've seen something like this really work? Well, th this approach really came back from my origin story. In many respects, I feel like I've been training my entire career for this moment. Uh, and, and so my background and, and where people know me is through Sticky Branding. I'm an author and a speaker. I've written books like Sticky Branding, Brand New Name. And, and I've told my story many, many times in that. But what I haven't talked about very often is that I grew up in a family business that uh, was in the recruiting sector. And our business would go up and down with the economy. And I can tell you in vivid detail what every recession starting with 1989 looked like. Because every time there was a spike in the unemployment rate, our business suffered. And as a result, our family finances suffered. And, and that cascade effect that, that many people are going through today, we have gone through multiple times. And what happened when I joined the company in 2004 is we, I joined the business at a point where we were in a growth market. But from the moment I started, we had the fear of the next recession always lingering. And we made a commitment to ourselves not to fall down. And so we built a strategy or a contingency plan early on and what we would do when the next crisis struck. And what it was, was to be very agile and adaptive to replace the customers that were being taken. And the net result of that was in the 08-09 recession, which was at that point before the Great Depression, the largest spike in unemployment, uh, we, we grew. While the rest of the recruiting sector was, was cratering, we brought on a new customer per week. And it was a deliberate strategy to replace big clients with little clients. Um, but, we're, but that kind of mindset is taking place even today. There are lots of companies, and we can go through a couple examples, but there's lots of companies that are being really proactive and bold. And they are looking at the, the lockdowns as, as a real restriction, and, but they are being truly innovative and creative to find better ways to serve their customers or ways that they can serve their customers within this crisis. And as a result, they are proactively replacing the revenue that was taken from them.
-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of them. Share somebody. So I'll give you uh, one that I think is a really dramatic example is Element Fitness, which is one of Canada's largest CrossFit gyms. Now, you imagine going to a gym at the start of the crisis, everyone would be locked out of this whole thing, and they were no different. You'd go to the gym to get sweaty, and, uh, and that doesn't work in a pandemic. So they were, we, they were shut down like everybody else. But Alex Sabiri, the founder, and his team moved really, really fast. And within 24 hours of the announcements around uh, March 11, 12, they uh, had put their programming online with videos and content. But what's really remarkable, and I'll give you the end of the story and then tell you how, is where they're at today. They have a 92% member retention rate paying full fee as the same they were before the crisis with a 9.8 net promoter score. So they are getting member satisfaction of 9.8 out of 10. And so it's remarkable, right? That's astounding. Mm -hmm. and, and they're so still paying the same membership as they were to do everything online and not be allowed to enter the facility. $200 a month. They're not cheap. Uh, so the, the, what happened? So the, Alex reframed his business. He said, you know what? Many gyms think of themselves as a rental business. They give a membership, you use the equipment, you come and you leave on, on, in hours. He said, we are not a rental business. We're a coaching and community business. So they, they said that and then asked the question, how do we create the community online? So they put their programming online like everybody else did. They gave all of their members equipment to take home. And then they assigned everybody a home coach. And that provided accountability and someone to check in on you daily. They then created multiple Zoom classes through the day so that you could do your workouts. But at night, they created all these community events. So they have a dance night where uh, one of the members teaches a dance class and they have a games night and a wine tasting night. And every, every night, seven days a week at 7.30, they have programming going on. And as a result, they have actually created an even more dynamic community experience than what they did before COVID. So the next question is, what happens to all their bricks and mortar? Well, this is going to be one of the most interesting questions I think so many businesses are seeing right now is they're being exposed to opportunities that uh, are going to reframe their business at the end of this thing. Now, Alex had said to me uh, that, look, we are actually growing. They're selling these programs now to schools and sports teams and others where they're delivering virtual training to, to groups and creating a new revenue stream they didn't have before. But maybe this virtual piece will continue on afterwards. Obviously, people are going to want to go back to the gym, mm -hmm. but maybe they don't need as large a facility. The expansion plans uh, before COVID were to open another gym. Maybe that doesn't make sense anymore. So this is, and this is a, a repeating story right now, is that we are getting exposed to new needs and new opportunities that will likely stick around after this crisis. And for that, this has become one of the most golden entrepreneurial opportunities of, of in history, the, the, the playing field's been leveled, we have access to capital, and you've got customers that want you to succeed. You really can't ask for a better moment, even with all the carnage and bad things going on. The, 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 the entrepreneurs and the leaders who are, are taking the risks and are, are, are going for it are being rewarded. Mm -hmm. And there, there's, a, there's something really important here, and it is that ability to really sit down and examine your business 
rethink your customers and what it is you're providing to them and how you can, you know, turn that, this situation into value. Like, as you said, this fellow, Alex, he, he has completely transformed his business. Now his marketplace isn't just whatever the cities are that he's in, but really he's global now if he wants to be from mm -hmm. the sounds of it, right? Yeah. So what kind of tips do you have for somebody to, to sit down and really re-examine their business? Now you said you've got these three key questions, but mm -hmm. how do you get started? Like, who needs your company and its expertise right now? Like, how do you really break that question down? Sure. Well, at Sticky Branding, we have a program called Crisis Marketing where we are working with companies through these types of questions. And the very first part of this is, is, is need identification. And what I encourage uh, listeners to do as a starting point is to look at at yourself, your customers, and your competitors, and look at where the needs may examine. You, you can look at what's going on in your company, what's going on with your customers, and what's going on with your competitors, and try to create a list of all the potential needs that you are seeing around you. And as you do that, try to assign what could be products or services that you could deliver or adapt to solve that need and put a value on that. And this is a simple way of getting your, your creative juices flowing to all the varying ways that you could be of service right now. So I'll give you a very specific way to look at this. One of the things that we are seeing right now are significant disruptions in supply chains. Uh, if you ha are competing with, say, manufacturers that are in northern Italy, well, they've probably been offline since February, and they're unable to ship their products and services. Same thing with, uh, with manufacturing that's going on in Asia, that they, there might be supply chain issues preventing products from getting to, say, Europe or North America. If that's the case, and you're able to actually serve those, those markets, then you have an opportunity to go to customers and say, I recognize you might have been using this, but this is a product that we have that could help you solve that problem. And it's not that you're being opportunistic, you're actually being very helpful because they still need those products and services. You're just helping them navigate a new opportunity or a new vendor to buy from. But it takes that first step to really just be wide thinking and creative to say, what are all the possible areas that we could be of service? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, um, that's a brilliant idea. And you really have to put your thinking cap on to, to break that down. And I guess it's sometimes very useful to have a guide who can pull those questions out of you to make you rethink. Because I think oftentimes business owners, we all get kind of in our own little box and go, well, this is kind of what I do, man. And mm -hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do right now. So you need somebody to kind of poke at the box and go, well, what about this? And what about that? To help you sort of move beyond those walls that you've put around yourself. For sure. Yeah. Co coaching and perspective is, is huge. But the other part of this whole equation is action. This is a, a, an environment that is moving incredibly quickly. Uh, all of your competitors are acting at a pace that is, we keep using this word unprecedented mm -hmm. and it's, it's overused, but it's true. We are seeing companies executing programs in weeks that would have taken them months or years beforehand. 
And as a result, the, the, the companies that are acting first and adapting fastest have the advantage, but that means everybody is leveling up at an incredible pace. So when you identify a need, then my primary recommendation is build a simple sales sheet, build an offer, and go and pitch it 10 or 15 times and validate does the need exist. It's mm -hmm. going to be in the work you do, in the sales work you do, it, whether you are surveying customers, selling to customers, or delivering to customers, that is going to tell you if you're on track or not. If you think you can ride this out on the sidelines and time when to come into the market, this opportunity is going to pass you by big time. Mm -hmm. And this really is is the the perfect opportunity now to try things and find out if they work or if they don't, right? Because what have you got to lose? I mean, and, well. and customers are so generous right now. Is mm -hmm. this is like the the Element example? Uh, their members want them to succeed. But I'll, I'll give you another very simple example. Uh, I, I work. I've been working for several years with one of Canada's largest ice cream manufacturers called Central Smith. And at the start of the crisis, their factory store was closed down, but they had all this overstock. So Jillian and Megan, two of their young employees, po put up a Shopify account in a week, and they put up all the overstock uh, there. And in the span of a week, they sold out all the overstock, and they actually did in one week. 10% of last year's revenue on the store. And <laughs> since then it has leveled up multiple times. Wow. And, and why it's the community, the chain, the local chamber of commerce promoted it for them. The local food uh, association promoted it from them. And they had lineups of cars driving to the factory and they were putting the tubs of ice cream into their trunk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is a community sense there. Like if somebody is using your services and they like your business, they are going to try very hard to keep you in business. So you're around when this thing passes. Exactly. And, but there's another side to this. It's also how you treat your employees that those good vibes, the, the employers and the companies that are working hard to keep their people employed are also being rewarded by the community. And, and Central Smith is one of those companies that have really done a great job on that. They've even given their employees uh, raises after, the, 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 after this because of the, the kind of work they're doing and, and the risks and, and everything else that they, they are so appreciative of the contributions that people are making that they are giving back not only to the community, but to their people. Mm -hmm. You did mention this, but I, I, want to, I want to just sort of dig into it a bit more, but you... What do you say to those people who are sitting here holding out until this passes, thinking that they can time the market and get back out in front of clients and prospects again once this is passed? You can't. So realistically, there's three paths sitting forward to all businesses right now. You can exit, you can hibernate, or you can innovate. Now, Exiting, we probably would never have talked much about this before coronavirus, but today in certain sectors, for example, uh, restaurants and hospitality, the economics of that business model have been changed and the, the restrictions on it are so great that it might be a moment in time where you take your chips off the table. No one needs to be a martyr and lose their house over their business. So that's a horrible thing to say, but I think that is a truth. But for everybody else, Hibernation is probably the worst option because 
waiting for this thing to recover is going to really set up your competitors and alternatives to rise up and innovate at this moment in time. One of the things that Element observed was many gyms at the start of the crisis just closed down for three weeks and thought they could come back. But by the time they came back, they were our, the members had already moved on and found alternative sources. So Element Speed gave it its advantage and, and why it maintained that 92% member retention rate. Uh, whereas other gyms who couldn't act as quickly or didn't act as quickly have basically lost their businesses. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned this um, when you were talking about your experience with the recruiting company and I'm thinking there's probably a bit of this in the in the element story as well, but they must have been preparing just a little bit in advance because you can't turn things around in like 24 hours and start putting videos out and things like that. They must have had a sense, especially if they were giving equipment to some of their members and things like that. They must have had a game plan sitting in the background somewhere. The irony is they didn't. Really? So the and this happened so and i even can say this was sticky branding and how we launched and created the services we do today uh in many respects the it is using everything you have at that moment in time so it is true that element was thinking and working on creating video content for an online platform and they had been thinking about this and they had invested in the lighting and the cameras but the tyranny of having a successful business is it was too busy to ever move the projects that forward that they thought they could move forward. But when the crisis started, they dusted off things that they, they, they could, that they'd been thinking about, and they just executed on it. And that to me is really what so many entrepreneurs are doing right now. I did the same thing at the start of this crisis. The first couple of days of this, uh, I was advising my clients on crisis communication. But by the 15th of March, we could see that, or I could see all of my, my, my programming for my family business kicked in. And I saw that we were being thrown into a recession. And I approached my clients and said, look, we are probably going to see a decline of 30 to 50% of revenue in this calendar year based on what's happening. And I, I showed them and we introduced the, uh, the, the Leap Job playbook. But more importantly, we began innovating and adapting all of our services. And within one week, we launched Crisis Marketing and began promoting it. And since then, we have been bringing on a new client per week. And so my business has actually been growing because we are doing work that's so important, but I, it, it's, it's like that line I used before. I feel like I've been preparing my whole career for this moment. Alex would say the same thing. He feels like he was preparing his whole career for that moment. All those things they'd been thinking about, all that infrastructure they invested in, all those things that didn't quite make sense, all of a sudden made sense and they could apply it all. Mm -hmm. So for, for those companies who ha were in that mindset or were sitting there, I mean, this really is the opportunity. This is like the goose that laid the golden egg in many ways, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it, it one of the things I'm observing within this, Janet, is that there is a, uh, there's a mindset difference here. And I think there is a, an entrepreneurial mindset that the companies and the people that are thriving 
have a warrior mindset. They are thinking, they are behaving like this virus is not going to get me down. We're going to conquer this. We are going to overcome these obstacles. We are going to rise up and we're going to fight and we're going to move fast and we're going to be great. And, and it's this challenge that they got punched and they're punching back. And that warrior mindset is, is something so powerful. And then there's another group that I would just describe as other, and they might not have gotten that yet, but everyone has it in them intrinsically. The thing is, we have been knocked down and affected in a way that is really jarring, that this is not a business crisis, it's a health crisis. And so while some of the, the early innovators and, and, and seasoned entrepreneurs are punching back really quickly, that doesn't mean that the market has passed you by. You still have an opportunity to stand up and to innovate and to be of service. The economy is just starting to reopen again. Now is the time that there is so much, so many green shoots. So how can you be of service? Like you, you don't have to worry that, oh, I haven't done anything now. You still have time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so um, Jeremy, share some key takeaways that can help listeners really grab hold of this opportunity and run with it. So I think the first thing to recognize, and it's what we've been, it's the theme for this entire conversation is be helpful. That every person, every company in every country is going through the exact same thing at the exact same time. So how can you be of service? And this is going to take some creativity or some, some thinking, but you have an opportunity to be helpful. So how can you change your value proposition or adapt your products and services for this moment in time and then proactively go out and sell it? If you don't blow your own horn, nobody will. And in a crisis, the most important thing you can do is to sell your services so that you can generate cash because you need cash to survive this. Do you have enough cash to get you through to June, to September, and then January? And so it's that, that, connection of when you're helpful, you will never be perceived as icky or gross. And when you are selling and proactive, you are actually being helpful because you're ensuring the people who need you are hearing from you. Mm -hmm. And you also did mention earlier, treat your employees well. For sure. Uh, it, well, the only answers I think you're going to find are, are not external, they're internal. And inside every organization is immense creative potential. Uh, so ask your, your team how they can help. Uh, everyone's in this thing together. So they will, they, they, if you trust your employees, they will trust you. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, really interesting conversation. Lots to think about. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. Jeremy Miller is a branding expert and he's the best-selling author of Sticky Branding and Brand New Name. Brand New Name is fairly new, isn't it, Jeremy? Yes, it was just released October 2019. Okay, so it's available on Amazon and uh, when bookstores open again, etc., I'm guessing, right? Wherever books are sold, but Amazon's probably the fastest. Yeah, okay. Uh, that is our show this week. Please check out our Twitter and LinkedIn feeds that are on our podcast page. Subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. The Make It Right podcast is brought to you by Kevin Snoop, leadership advisor and author of the best-selling book, Make It Right. Five Steps to Align Your Manufacturing Business from the Front Line to the Bottom Line. I'm Janet Eastman. Keep in mind what Marilyn Monroe said, within crisis are the seeds of opportunity. That is our show this week. Thanks for listening to Make It Right.